All right, welcome to another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. My name is Perry Phillips. If you've been enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, share. Uh, make sure you tell all your friends about the show. Um, and make sure that you've been checking us out and make sure you're downloading all the episodes. Um, this week, we're going to talk about something that I've been playing with uh, since I was a kid, and I'm not talking about my testicles. Um, talking about video games. So my guest is Kami Jace from The Weekly Cooldown, um, which is a video game podcast. And so he's going to come on and talk a little bit about some of the new video game news that's going on right now, um, a little bit about himself and his show. And um, yeah, we just kind of had a good time. So I also went on his show. So uh, look out for that episode as well. But um, remember, this is not a podcast about video games. This is the Itty Bitty Podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Yeah. Oh. oh, it's the Itty Bitty Podcast. Oh, it's the Itty Bitty Podcast. So my guest this week, I'm excited because we're going to talk about video games. So it's been, this is, we're a new podcast here, so I haven't got to talk about video games yet. And my guest this week is Kami Jace, and your podcast is The Weekly Cooldown? That is correct. So first, tell me a little bit about how you got into video games. Oh, wow. Uh, what a long and sordid past that is. So I... I think it started with my mom. She got the Super Nintendo and the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System way back in the day for my brother. Uh, and my brother and my mom both played it almost religiously. Uh, they would come home every day because they were so impressed with, you know, video games and stuff. Actually, my mom also had the, like, really old Atari uh, video game, too. Um, and once I was born, I was also kind of indoctrinated into playing like Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, Yonoid, stuff like that. Um, my brother kind of stuck with it for a while. Uh, we actually had a fight one Christmas about which was better, the Nintendo 64 or the PlayStation 1. Um, and he won that round and we got the PlayStation 1. Uh, we ended up getting Metal Gear Solid. Um, we ended up getting the first Resident Evil games, and uh, it kind of took off from there. Um, we kept up with our favorite series. Um, I kept playing through Even now, I still love Resident Evil. I still love Metal Gear. Um, and it just kind of branched out from there. I started playing other games, uh, buying my own uh my, my own uh, video games for the consoles we had, like the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. Um, and it just kind of all went to pieces from there. And here I am, a giant nerd. <laughs> and so I just actually jumped in and listened to a couple of episodes um, before we did the podcast um, yeah. on my way home from work. And you just celebrated your two-year two anniversary? Yeah, two years doing that. <laughs> How's that been? 
Oh boy. Um, well, it's been a journey. Um, I'm still kind of learning the ropes. I, I'm a communications major. Well, I was in uh, college. I graduated um, with a degree hoping to pursue journalism. Um, didn't exactly pan out that way so far. Um, but I did discover while in college um, that I really liked audio production and, you know, making uh, audio dramas and radio shows. And then I discovered podcasting in general. And then I was like, I think I could do that. I think I could, I, I could get in there. And so with a re- uh, really quick purchase from Yeti, <laughs> shout out to Yeti, um, I decided to give it a go. Uh, launched in October 2017. Two years later, still doing it. So, you know. You have a killer <laughs> intro. All right. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, I found it online. Nice. <laughs> shout out to, oh man, I can't remember his name, but shout out to the guy who made it. Um, we're actually trying to get a new intro going. Um, it's that, you know, that one's like two years old now. So we're trying to get a new one going, but shout out to uh, that guy. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad that you said Metal Gear Solid was one of the, the first oh, games because yeah. it makes the first segue really easy. Um, I just recently pre-ordered Death Stranding. So, I hate you. Uh, are you not going to get it? I want it so bad, but I see. So the terrible thing about being a gamer as an adult is that I can't go and beg my mother to buy me a console anymore. Oh, I have right. to get it myself. So I haven't actually had a console aside from the Switch, which I got last year um since the xbox 360 and i didn't even get the 360 when it first came out i had to wait a couple years you know that big old mess but um i i really haven't had the xbox one or the ps4 uh for for myself before i've played on other people's but i've never had my own and of course the one game that i really want um and i could play on my pc if it was coming out at the same time as the ps4 release is death stranding Mm -hmm. uh but that won't be coming out for pc until i think may of next year so either i get a ps4 like on a black friday sale (laughs) or i or i wait you know like another uh, 10 months or so yeah, it, well, I mean, it's going to just make it that much better for you, you know? I suppose, yeah. I, I'll, I'll think right. about you as I'm playing it. <laughs> I'll cry. <laughs> it looks really good. I've, I've been does. reading way too much about it, and so the more and more I read, I just keep, like, I just pre-ordered it impulsively, and, and so, yeah, that's where I'm at. I it's the most cryptic thing i've ever seen come from kojima and that's coming from literally years of playing metal Gear solid um every game he's ever made makes sense but at the same time is the wackiest time that you'll ever have in any kind of video game ever um you it's up to you to connect all these threads and even if he kind of helps you connect the threads you're still kind of like okay but none of what you said makes any sense but i still love this game so you know screw you i guess yeah it looks amazing Uh, from what i've seen online it looks amazing and it looks like it's going to be something really different and yeah i'm really excited to play it i'm so jealous of everyone who's going to be able to play it like this week 
I'm <sighs> just I'm kind of glad that it's they're taking a step back from from like a lot of heavy combat and and um, you know Metal Gear was always stealth based, so I'm kind of yeah. glad that they're they're incorporating some stealth, and you know it's just going to be a lot of just traversing through. Well, nothing what I think is it, what I what I think is really interesting about Death Stranding is that it arose kind of from. Kojima's need, first of all, his like desire to want to make a movie and also his desire to want to make he want he wanted to use Norman Reedus for Silent Hills. And if you remember, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers really, but I do I, remember um, there was this whole controversy with uh, Konami and Kojima. Uh, they basically let him go. Uh, he wouldn't be making Silent Hills anymore because they wanted him to focus on the Metal Gear franchise. And he's very, he's very artistic and kind of insane. <laughs> so he really, really wanted to make a ton of other games. And uh, recently it's come out that he wants to branch out into movies. So he decided, well, you know, screw Konami, I'll leave. And then PlayStation and Sony were like, oh, but we'll take you. And so, you know, then he decided, well, I've got Norman Reedus. I'm going to bring in all these other big stars for a video game. I mean, uh, Conan O'Brien is even in it. Uh, yeah, he makes some cameo appearances. So he's got this incredible star power that I don't think any other video game developer has right now. Yeah. And I, the other thing too is I've I've been reading a lot about it, and I still know very little. Like I know, yeah. kind of what you have to do, but for a lot of what I've been reading is left out a lot of spoilers. He's so. the most cryptic person on earth. And even if he were spoiled by the game, like what are you gonna get spoiled about? It's like right. you don't know what it's about. No one knows what's going on aside from like you are Norman Reedus and you have a baby. Yeah, uh, like a, yeah, congr- that's right. Congrats. There's a fucking baby. I can't. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's you have it's to a baby it in a crying. tube. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and talk about like crazy, creepy, cryptic things. The other thing that the baby does is when it starts crying, it's not like it's crying through just your television. It will actually use the PS4 speaker on the controller and I start like wailing. Uh, yeah but it'll start wailing at you on the controller and i'm like ooh, how right. fucking scary <laughs> yeah that creeps me out the worst that was it resident evil uh, 7 with the first person ooh. when you're in the house and you can hear things in the that come through the speaker that was really good use of it great but, game yeah, that's uh that stuff creeps me out when they use that really well absolutely yeah but that's what um, it's supposed to do i guess uh I guess uh, the the only um, kind of frame of reference I have for the PlayStation 4 controller speaker is how cool it was actually with Grand Theft Auto 5 that anytime somebody called you, they were speaking to you through the PlayStation 4 speaker, which I thought was a great use of that. Right. Um, but to do it for like to, to use it for creepy, scary, kind of cryptic games. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just adds to it. It really does. So of the, you know, different genres, since we're talking about scary genres, what would you consider yourself? Do you jump around to different, you know, types of games or you're always playing something different or? Yeah. So it's really hard to say if I'm any one type of gamer. Um, I love RPGs. I love MMORPGs. 
shooters. Uh, I don't like MOBAs. Don't do not confuse me for a MOBA player. I don't like League of Legends. I've never liked League of Legends. I won't ever like League of Legends. Yeah, I never um, got into that. Uh, but I do like, you know, horror games. I love horror games. Um, I've always grown up on platformers. So Super Mario, uh, all you, those other platformers. Are you going to have to wait on Last of Us 2? Yeah, I haven't even played the first one. No? I've never played oh, it. Man. I see. I've, I, ha- I didn't have a PS3 either, so I didn't get to play it when it came uh, out for PS3. Yeah, that, um, that one might have gone down as like one of my favorite games of all time. I missed I out. You you got to get on it later. I mean, it's it's you can play it at any point, you know, and you're still going to yeah. enjoy it. So, but I yeah. want to enjoy it with everyone else. You see, the, the interesting <laughs> thing, like being so removed from console games, is that when I follow up on all these stories about like when the when the Last of Us Two was being revealed, I was recognizing everyone's excitement but i couldn't join in and i was like it's devastating to not be able to like harness everyone else's energy so to speak and really get into that excitement and you know roll with the punches so to speak um and when uh oh man what's the uh main male character's name again um in last of us yeah uh joel Joel, yes, when he was revealed in uh, one of the recent trailers and everyone was getting, like, extremely hype on the internet, I was like, I want to be there with you, but I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's it's like one of those, like, the one game I don't know enough about to, like, be excited with the rest of the world. So I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, take a backseat, I guess, for once. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing. There's always going to be another game that's going to have just as much hype and... You know, it's you're always going to get another one that you can jump on. That's very true. That's I have true. friends that only play PC and they're happy as can be. So that's, you know. yeah, I will admit that um, dropping the, I won't say how much money on this uh, computer to use it for kind of everything. I do, you know, my gaming on it. I do uh, any uh, freelance work. I do the podcast on it. Um, it was a, you know, it was a good idea. I'm happy with the computer. It's serving me well. It, uh, all the games look pretty. Um, I might have to, you know, replace a part or two just to keep up with the uh, graphics of today and of tomorrow. So just, uh, you know, um, but it's it's uh, it's a it's a good investment. It doesn't. Um, you, you don't feel like worn out after a couple of years when the next gen comes out because you can just kind of replace a part or right, two. Right, I was going to ask year. if you can do that, yeah. Yeah, I, um, when I was first getting into PC gaming in particular, I had a friend who kind of walked me through the process of just not necessarily building one, but kind of buying a preset one and then an extra part to replace uh, so that you can kind of keep up and you just have to replace a few parts here and there, maybe every couple of years. And then maybe at a, if you last it that long with, uh, you know, your current rig, uh, maybe in five to 10 years, uh, you buy a new preset and slap a new graphics card in or whatever. And you're, you know, you're good to go. Um, and that's basically what I've been doing for years is just kind of replacing old parts and trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's in, possible to there's just so many 
games for so many systems. Like I, I see a but like Gears of War. I played the first one, and that shit was dope. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. gonna buy a, an Xbox, like you said. I'm not gonna buy another system just because I want to play that game. Um, I did actually convince but... my wife to get a Switch as well, and she oh. ended up playing uh, Breath of the Wild. She's not a big oh, video game person at all. I mean, she would play a couple of two-player games here and there, but she's yeah. she's trying to play through it 100%. She's still got it, you know, playing through it. So I got her addicted it's to a, that thing. That's a that's a great great game. Um, but the the cool thing about PC gaming, especially now, is kind of how much the uh, console game market is kind of filtering back into the PC game uh, market. So uh, with Microsoft, for example, they realized that their core game base or their core uh, customer base is split, actually, between Xbox players and PC gamers. And so what they've done is introduce the Xbox Game Pass for PC. So if I wanted to play Gears 5, I could on my PC. Nice. Um, And the same goes for some other um, recent releases. I've picked up the outer worlds which i never thought i would like but i'm actually really really enjoying and i got it because of the xbox games pass so it's you know sony hasn't yet jumped on the bandwagon um they they just only recently decided yeah okay fine we'll start doing cross-platform uh play but um you know i i hope that at some point they'll kind of say yeah you know what pc gamers you can have this too (laughs) What do you think of the Google Stadia? I don't like it. No. <laughs> I um I don't know if it's as good of an idea as most people want it to be. Um I haven't tested it myself, I should say. So this is all mostly speculation and mostly just a lot of talk between other people. Um but it What Google is doing is they're rolling out the cloud-based system in a huge, huge way um, so that people who don't have high-end PCs can play video games. And that's very cool. However, the way that they're doing it is through streaming. And if you've ever had any kind of issue with Netflix or if you watch anime on Crunchyroll or whatever, that's not always the best way to view television. And it's certainly not going to be the best way to play video games even if you really really want to um especially uh with online games like uh fighting games uh in particular will definitely kind of struggle with here i think um because you're you know you have input lag so if you're pressing jab but then two seconds later you jab like that's a problem and it'll be a problem for mmos um and a myriad of other kinds of online games, MOBAs, if you're going to play like League of Legends through Google Stadia, I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but if you're trying to play these games through Google Stadia, you'll have some lag, like even on a, potentially anyway, even on a good connection. Um, And with the hopes that they'll roll this out worldwide, I mean, even uh, some of the more developed countries still have horrible, horrible internet connections. Um, Australia, for example, uh, being, the, the, I think, the top country at the moment who has, like, decent internet, like, good enough to play most games, but not good enough to stream a entire video game. So I, I don't know. I don't think I, um, I'm not a fan, and I don't, I don't see it going well. 
Yeah, I just did the free trial of PS Now, and where I live currently, it's the, there's no not many options for internet, and <clears throat> so trying to stream any of those games, it was just it lagged so bad, and that was just you know there was games that weren't that like those ps3 games that i was trying to stream that weren't going to stream on that connection so yeah it's just i don't know how how good of an idea it's going to be it's almost as good as an idea as that oculus by facebook i saw ads for all day on sunday brands are brands need to stay away from video games <laughs> and and that's weird to say that's super weird to say because i mean brands make the video games but I don't want Facebook touching my games. I really don't. I want. Oh, they would definitely away. scan your eyes and put it in some type of fucking database or something. Oh, I don't need any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I truly don't need any of that. So, um, go ahead. No, you you're fine. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna. There was a story that I had seen uh, just the other day, or I think it was earlier today, actually, about a video game addict who died. This is in oh. Thailand. So I don't oh. know. Have you heard about this? No, actually. Please tell me. So apparently it was some kid. I don't know how. I think he was 22. And he was playing. I don't even remember what game it said he was playing. But he had played it for a few days straight and died of a stroke. Um, one of I think his dad ended up finding him. And he said he had warned him about his video game addiction. And so I don't know how much of that is true or not. But supposedly so it, it could be that you know he actually died of a stroke from the video game or i don't know it doesn't sure. say anything about file play but i just thought it was an interesting video game related story that yeah so stories like this have been around for quite a while um there's a lot of there's a lot well i mean you could say this about most things you could say this about sitting in an office for eight hours uh doing a whole lot of nothing but um, there's a lot of uh, risk that can come from playing video games. So if you have some kind of, um, you know, you can have an epileptic seizure, seizure, excuse me. Right. Um, you can, uh, you know, anything can really happen doing anything, including playing video games. Especially um, if you're not sleeping. Of, right. Um, if you, there, the World Health Organization has uh, decided that video, there is such a thing as video game addiction, so it is possible that this uh, this person uh, decided to you know take his video game playing to the next level, and then of course uh, passed away because of it. Um, but I think what most gamers will tell you, even those who might say that they're quote unquote addicted, is that the harm in playing video games comes from sitting down too long, mm. um, and a lot of gamers. Um, all over social media will like post about, you know, making sure you get up and stretch, making sure you drink water, making sure you actually get up and go eat because so yeah, sometimes you are playing a video game, you're doing really well or something like that. You've been playing for God knows sometimes I have for hours. Um, and you forget, uh, Oh shit, I have a body. <laughs> right. So you have to get up and stretch, you know, you gotta uh, go drink some water, keep, the circulation going because you know sitting too long can stop your heart really and it's you know it's not a we're not trying to kill people out here we're just trying to play video games man <laughs> that could, so you're saying that this is kind of a, a good segue so last week i did a show about sports and yeah. um well nfl that uh, and some sports um 
and now we talked a little bit about esports as well. Um, and now I'm doing a podcast about video games, and so that's kind of a, a similar similar kind of thing now because sure. esports are becoming more and more mainstream. So we talked about this like yes. a little bit last week, but I'd just be curious to hear what you think about esports and and um, I guess um, it, so. If you were to get injured, it would be from playing video games too much. I guess. E-sports, yeah. Right? So uh, you know, if you're a really hardcore gamer. Yeah, you could get like a carpal tunnel really early if you're a really hardcore gamer, um, See, which is why you should you don't do know. your. Yeah, <laughs> podcast. We're teaching people things. Teaching, listen, listen. With me, you're always learning. <laughs> um, but no, so it's um, it's really kind of fascinating actually because people don't assume there's a lot of risk or reward from playing video games and esports is this massive massive growing industry worth i don't know almost if not more than the nfl right now um and it it comes out of people wanting to play video games competitively um the oldest esport really is um well i say this kind of liberally but (laughs) the oldest esport right now i guess is fighting games fighting game there's always been fighting game tournaments there's Mm -hmm. always been uh evo um hosted in las vegas uh and there have always been these huge massive prize pools for uh playing video games well playing fighting video games well now we've just branched that out into um you know, Overwatch, uh, League of Legends, even Hearthstone, which is just a card game. I mean, you're just playing it online, I guess. Um, and people are like, well, there's no skill involved. It's all up to chance. Well, sure, but aren't most part, excuse me, aren't most sports uh, part chance, part skill? I mean, you don't always catch the ball. You don't always uh, score or whatever. You're, you're always tr- trying to kind of keep yourself one step ahead of your opponents and it's no different in video games um if you've ever played uh call of duty and i know like any of your listeners and my listeners have (laughs) you are always trying to one-up somebody you're always trying to keep ahead uh always trying to get the kill streak and so on and so forth. And that does come up to skill and certainly up to chance. There's not always going to be somebody around the corner because, you know, you're they're thinking about you, you're thinking about them, and it's hard to explain, okay? But <laughs> no, I, I understand. <laughs> I the just... point is no, it's um it's it, there's an industry here and it's growing and it's large and uh, it's I don't want to say it's just as important as sports because there is uh, a more of a health benefit, I suppose, to playing uh, athletic sports. Um, but I mean, having the analytical mind to play a video game like Hearthstone, knowing what each card does, knowing uh, being one step ahead of your opponent, uh, defeating them in some sort of mock battle, uh, so to speak, it there's something brilliant and kind of interesting about the way the mind works when playing video games. And I think that's kind of something we've tapped into with esports. Yeah. I just wish I was better at uh, competitive gaming. Um, oh, me and you both. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like, you just mentioned call of duty. I haven't 
played the new one, but I, I enjoy the single player experience. Um, I heard there's a co-op on this one too, so I might pick it up, but, um, allow me to tell you something. A 16 year old child won like $3 million playing Fortnite. And I was, <laughs> I'm pretty upset because, you know, like, not even a tenth of that covers my college tuition. So, you know, what am I doing with my life, honestly? I know. I've if, said if, it on the if, podcast, I think, before that, you know, my mom used to tell me to cut out the video games at a certain point, which, you know, rightfully mm-hmm. so, I should probably get some exercise, get out, you know, this and that. But and now I'm, there's people like Ninja blowing up, making millions of dollars. I'm like, I could that could have been me, you know. Yeah, but, yeah on like just Twitch. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, I'm, I'm give me Death Stranding so I can play it slow and steady by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and not have to see anybody. <laughs> so. Although there, there also is, and I mean, you don't necessarily get paid for it, but you do kind of get this uh, nice sense of community uh, with single player games. Um, if you are able to speed running, speed run them rather, oh. um, and speed running is a whole nother skill set all of uh, on its own, uh, you know, you have to play a game like a billion times to understand that, you know, all the tricks to speedrunning. And uh, some people even speedrun by glitching the game and, like, you know, you fall through a wall and suddenly you're at the final boss of the video uh-huh. game or something like that. Um, but it's, I mean, there's uh, communities built around these video games. Each, like, each individual video game can have its own community. And I think that's also really powerful, too. I would get so sidetracked if I tried to do a speed run. I'm would, so bad at them. Yeah, I would be good for the first like two minutes, and then I would try to go look at something and forget what I was doing. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know how people do it. They can really sit and play like Spyro from the PS1 a billion times and finish it in like ten minutes. And I'm like, listen here, buddy. I don't know what you're doing with your life. I respect it. But I don't like it all like that much. Yeah, there's like not happy about that at all. That's funny. How dare you? Um, what have you been playing for the Switch? Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> um, so the Switch, I picked up um, Link's Awakening, and the reason I picked that up was because first of all, it looked really, it, it looked cute. It was very cute. It, it was restyled from like 93 and being born in 93, I didn't get to play it. So I decided this will be my chance to kind of see what I was missing. Um, and I guess they also included some things from a Game Boy Advance re-release that they did in probably early 2000s, I believe. Um and that was, and it was really, really enjoyable. It was a little easy, which is fine, but it had its own kind of charm and challenge to it. And I had a really good time uh, playing it. And, you know, my every so often my partner would drop by and look at the screen and kind of taunt me for losing. And I'd say, listen here, fuck you, buddy. It's not <laughs> as easy as it looks, okay? But it was, it's one of those games that kind of brings... Uh, brings people over to watch you play it even though it's not um a multiplayer kind of experience yeah i'm in between that and luigi's mansion for it's my wife's birthday is coming up so i'm trying to get her a game oh, for the switch. i might just get her because she's not big on picking video games out so i might just get her Link's awakening because she's she's good with the zelda so you'd recommend it 
Yeah. Um, absolutely. It's a... I, I haven't played any of the older Luigi's Mansion games, but um, there's kind of a... There's kind of a cult following, and I say that, of course, because it's like an occult game, um, but it, there's kind of a cult following of Luigi's Mansion. Um, people really enjoy the game. There's this. There's always a joke about Luigi's Mansion 3 because you get to have a multiplayer experience with the uh, the character called Gooigi, and, uh, you know, it's it's supposed to be cute and very nice and funny, but it also, like brings out the worst in people and they make kind of lewd sexual comments about where Gooigi comes from and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, listen, it's not that kind of game. <laughs> That's a real Mario party. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, that just got me sidetracked. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> the other game I'm looking forward to, I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan or not, but the new Jedi Fallen Order, and it seems like people are mixed on it. I don't know if they... I haven't really seen any reviews on it yet, but that's coming out in a couple weeks, and yeah, a lot of people are worried because it's EA, but Respawn yeah. supposedly has control, so I'm not sure what, you, what your opinion on that is. Um... Respawn having control is nice, um, but EA always kind of finds a way to fuck it up somehow. Um, but I think what what I um, what I don't like the most about Star Wars games is that they kind of keep uh, retelling some part of the story that doesn't fit in with the universe that they've been building for years and years now so um fallen order uh what was the uh the one with the character who's like the dark side and the light side i can't remember it was for like ps2 or something or xbox 360 the darkness within i don't remember the um where you could play as a either it was like a, a sith or a, i think it was um no, I was almost at the Force Awakens. That's I, what it is. I think that's what it was. But I think that's one of the new movies. Oh, I might be. Well, I don't. I don't, I don't fucking remember. Yeah, we don't um, do any research <laughs> on this show. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the I know the which one you're talking about. Me, though. The thing that always bothers me about Star Wars games is that they're always trying to retell some kind of story from some other person's point of view, and it never seems to quite puzzle in with the rest of the universe like it's all just kind of cameos from the point of view of some and i hate to do this but like some white guy <laughs> and it it doesn't it doesn't feel like they've put enough thought into the story as a whole and making it kind of mesh with the entire arc you know yeah you know, it just feels forced to me yeah ah, forced they have you playing as like Ian Gallagher or something from Shameless. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. The only thing I'm excited about is because they before anything like before they announced anything about it, they said that there's not going to be any, um, what is it, D, uh, expansions, any DLCs or anything like that. It's just a game for people who want to be a Jedi. So I'm yeah. hoping that it's going to just be like a cool game to play as a Jedi, but we'll see. It might just the, be repetitive. 
it could be if the gameplay and the mechanics are good i can most of the time overlook the story um so hopefully it's a hopefully it's a decent game at least you know it's a decent playthrough Mm -hmm. um story aside yeah and not only did they go with the white guy they went like the whitest guy ever (laughs) sometimes i just want to be like hey look i'm a jedi me a black guy (laughs) hey they gave you mace windu uh, we never see him again. <laughs> I've never seen a Mace Windu except for wow in the '90s or the early 2000s. He's gone. <laughs> um, so I guess tell me a little bit about your podcast. I and you know, so you've been doing it for two. How many episodes are you in? Uh, ooh, 70 as of this Friday. So I guess, you know, what's been one of the interviews, I guess, that stood out to you video game wise that you've gotten to do? Or like, oh. what's one of your favorite interviews that you've done? Um, you know, either with, with your buddies or like if it was with somebody that you just, you know. Um, so I kind of have two. Um, when I first kind of started the podcast, I think about 10, 20 episodes in, I got a hold of Frank Safaldi, who runs the uh, video game history uh, account on Twitter. I believe he also runs the museum uh, in Rochester. I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, but he is a he, he collects a lot of old video game memorabilia. Um, a lot of old magazines and like uh, video games themselves really and uh, kind of produces them in a way that's kind of palatable to like the uh, person who's not fully involved in video games all the way to like someone like me who's been involved for years and years Um, and listening to him kind of talk about the stuff that he's been able to get his hands on like uh, never released magazines even um and listening to him be able uh, passionately talk about like recreating some of the things that have never been released before so that we can see them uh, in kind of like real time. It's, it's really fascinating. Um, and it was truly, truly a joy to have him. I should actually reach out to him again uh, and see what he's been up to. Um, the other Uh, kind of interview I've had on the show um, is with a uh, woman on uh, in the fighting game community who goes by the name of Sharpie uh, as in like the marker. Um, She, uh, she plays a game called skull girls and it's a kind of cartoony looking fighting game. It was uh, produced by a relatively small studio all the characters are hand-drawn. Um, the mechanics are actually pretty decent, but it's not a, like, and I, I say this kind of as an outsider, I suppose, but it's not like a critically acclaimed fighting game. It has a lot of great reviews. People do really like it, but it's not like a, you should play this constantly. It's the best game. It doesn't have very many updates, um, but it's still out there and still played. And she constantly will say on her twitter page play skullgirls no matter what it could be about 
you know, the president did something and she'll say, oh, gee, you know what? He should have played Skullgirls. Wouldn't have happened. Um, and it's it's kind of jokey, but she is also really serious about it. Um, and when I asked her about it on the podcast, uh, she explained to me that uh, she played video games when she discovered Skullgirls, but she wasn't really into video games. And so she heard about a friend of hers who was playing uh, Skullgirls, who also happened to know one of the top uh, fighting game champions at the time. Um, and she was like, okay, well, you know, I'll pick it up if these two are playing it. And she kind of fell in love with it. And it, uh, she, she's very, very good at it too. She's, I mean, she's amazing at most fighting games, but at Skullgirls especially. Um, and what it kind of taught her as she revealed it to me, uh, is that you can apply the same discipline of learning to be really, really good at a video game to just about anything. And so she's been doing that kind of, uh, disciplining herself the same way that she disciplines her like training regimen, I suppose, if you want to call it that, uh, in Skullgirls to kind of her everyday life. And it, really impacted her in a really really positive way uh she got to be a commentator at a really um a popular esports event oh nice um she she and you know it's opened a lot of doors for her just kind of being uh happy about playing the video game and the other thing that she says is that if you like a video game even if most people don't like it you should still be happy that you like that game and that there are other people who, based on your recommendation, may go and play the game and may enjoy it. So she's always encouraging people to go play Skullgirls. So, you know, shout out to Sharpie for Skullgirls. She really, really loves that game, and I love her for it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, it's funny because there's like, I was thinking about this on my ride home, how there's so many different styles of games and genres and how everybody just kind of has their thing. And, it's it's if you like something you like something and it's uh, yeah i've learned that if i like something i'm like you know whatever i'm gonna like it no matter what um so i was the next question i was gonna ask you was what's a moment in video games i guess that's like stuck with you that you think about oh that you can remember like clearly so like i'll give you an example so like for me that first scene in you know that first demo that they had for Metal Gear Solid when you get to play like from the elevator and you get to sneak your way in and you can break the guy's neck and that was like the first time in a game I think you could like snap a dude's neck and do something right. like that yeah and so for me playing that that was like I was like oh this is what video games could be so I'm, yeah that's kind of like so was there a moment that you ever had that you were like, that stands out that you still remember, like, you know, whether it's like shooting somebody in the dick or. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's so, it's so hard. I played too much video games and it, it's so hard for me to pick any one moment, but um, uh, the moment that always sticks out as to why I kind of enjoy video games is uh just kind of watching my brother play so uh 
when I was younger, I want to say maybe I was like seven or eight, maybe even younger than that. But he, you know, we picked up the PS1, we picked up Resident Evil games, and I would watch him play those games. And watching him play these, at the time, very scary video games, uh, while he kind of blasted uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony in the background, <laughs> um, it, it impacted me in a way that I don't think any other type of media has impacted me before. So it, it was it was kind of a brand new medium for me. Um, it, and no matter what he was doing, he would always get scared. I would always get scared. And it was kind of like a moment we would share together where we were... Uh, in the zone so much we were like watching the character gets get uh, uh mauled by a zombie or something like that and we As would first be of the month was playing in the background right <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it was so it, it was so exhilarating and it was so um like uh new i suppose um at the same time that it was just something that's always stuck with me i can still kind of see myself uh laying on our we had a bunk bed so i'd lay on his bunk and he'd sit in the chair and we'd keep the lights on because we were too scared to turn it off um he would play i think it was i think it was crazy bones album that he was playing um (laughs) and it was Resident Evil 2 and he's like running through this corridor and then just like some dogs jump out at him and he's and we all just kind of freak out for a moment. He pauses the game and we chuckle and then he takes a deep breath and then he gets back into it. And it, it's moments like those that I still kind of cling on to for why I love and enjoy video games the way I do. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I I you always just think about different times in your life when you're because if you think about it like for me I was I'm a little bit older than you um but I remember you know going over a friend's house to play Nintendo and then as we got older you would play Super Nintendo and then Nintendo 64 we would play four players playing GoldenEye and then you would play Mario Kart or something like that and it just kept evolving and growing and um so it's just kind of cool to see where it's going to go. Eventually it's right. going to be like indistinguishable from, you know, they're going to get VR right now is just kind of, it's not good I, from what I've seen so far, but um, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, indistinguishable from real life at some point. Oh, I'm not a, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I'm kind of ready for it, but not really. Like I would go to a, like a facility and do it, but that Avengers one looks kind of cool. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. So, are you excited for the Avengers game? Um, I'm not. I I'm never like... really excited for superhero games. No. Um, I do enjoy them, and I think the last su- what was the last superhero game I played? Spider Man was pretty good. That that one just came out. I I didn't get to play it still. Um, oh, that's it right. Was PS4 exclusive. PS4 exclusive. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it it was I I did see a lot of good reviews. I watched a friend play it. It was very good. I do I, you know I do still want to play that actually. Um, but that's, I truly can't remember the last superhero game I played. That's really the only reason I'm kind of excited about it, just because Spider Man was so good that I'm hoping that they've set the bar high for 
the Marvel games. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, that's going to be, they're going to build on it. And I know it's a different company, but I'm hoping that right. they, they do it, do it well. So, um, that actually kind of is a going to segue into my next question, which would be, what are some games that you're looking forward to either in like the next couple months or in like 2020? Oh, what a great question. Uh, so this month, um, Pokemon Sword and Shield comes out. That's a good game to get for your wife's birthday. It comes out later in the Oh shit! It comes out next week. Um, I, was thinking about, <laughs> I was actually thinking about that one. Is that is that more? Which I can't remember what that one. Like, what style of game is it? It's I know it's going to so, be similar to RPG, but yeah. So it's a, it's um, kind of the most basic RPG there is. Uh, it, you have kind of a turn based style uh, game. You know, you pick your attack. Your Pokemon does the attack, and then the attack the opponent doesn't attack and then so on and so forth um but if she likes kind of something easy to grasp uh something with an open world and something with a decent amount of variety pokemon would be a really good uh really good and, and it, this would be a really good uh first foray i suppose into pokemon because there's um a decent amount of monsters that'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to catch and there will be some uh, interesting new uh, mechanics that are, you know, never been seen before. And if she feels like it, she can always go backwards and play some of the older ones and, you know, have a great time with Pokemon. <laughs> I found when I was back, my mom lives back East and I was back at her house um, I was going through my old toys and I found my Game Boy Color um, a few months back. And the game that was in there was Pokemon Blue. And oh. so I fired that up and played it for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I left that. I ended up I, leaving a, it there, but yeah. That's a nice nostalgia trip. Yeah, that one was really good. I really liked it. Um, I actually was looking into that game, Sword and Shield. So you were excited for that coming up this month? Yeah. Um, I am still kind of uh upset that they haven't included all like 900 pokemon in the video game um but uh yeah i think i can get over it there's some pretty cool mechanics there's um decent looking new pokemon um so i'll you know i'll uh put my my reservations aside for a bit did you ever play uh pokemon stadium for the 64 i did but only at a friend's house and i think the reason I think the reason I wasn't too interested in Pokemon Stadium was because it wasn't easy to, uh, you know, kind of pick up and go the way uh, the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games were. Yeah. Um, which is what I like about uh, Sword and Shield, too, is that it's technically the first console-based Pokemon game in the main line. So uh, it's also a portable game in in its own right, but it's also a console game. So I'm... I, I'm happy that we're getting that kind of uh, uh, mix there. The dichotomy. I like that word, dichotomy. <laughs> and so what about for 2020? you have any games that you're looking forward to? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't. Nothing comes to mind. Um, I was super duper excited last year for Control, which came out this year. Uh, How is that? Two. 
Oh, it's the best game. <laughs> I've only seen one of the... ads on like Facebook for it, and so I'm you... skeptical of it. But have you ever played Max Payne? Yes. Okay. Uh, so Control is made by Remedy, who makes Max Payne. Um, the voice actor behind Max Payne actually makes uh, some cameos in it. Um, have you ever played Alan Wake? No. Okay. There's uh, Alan Wake is also made by Remedy. It didn't do as well as most of their games usually do, but it's still kind of a cult, again, like this cult classic. Um, it's very cryptic. It's very kind of uh, uh, creepy, I guess. It's supposed to be a horror game. It's slightly scary. Not really, though. Um, and Control kind of touches on kind of all of these points uh, in in its own way it's creepy but it's not scary it's action-packed but it's not like you're not like blowing people's heads off or anything like that um it's got the have you ever heard of uh scp stuff like creepy pasta yes it's got those kind of elements in it okay um it, it touches on these things called objects of power um at which are like psychic items like floppy disks for example <laughs> Um, it's, it's an insane game and it's so well thought out yet. So, uh, so kind of random. Um, and in the same way that kind of Kojima is very cryptic and doesn't give you all the answers, the gate, this game does the exact same thing and kind of keeps you guessing all the way up to the end where I'm pretty sure they're really trying to set you up for a sequel. And I hope so. Please remedy answer my prayers. <laughs> I need check it out. a sequel. It's it's very good. Um, I would say get it for the PC if you could, listeners. But uh, if you got to get it for a console, definitely do uh, pick it up. It's fantastic. And um, funny story, I tweeted at Remedy because I got this really cool leather jacket that look, kind of looks like the one that the main character Jesse wears. And I so I said, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to cosplay Jesse one day. And uh, I actually got a retweet from them. And they were like, yeah, you should totally do it, man. And I was like, oh, my God, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so where can people find you? All right. Uh, so as uh, Kami Jace uh, on – no, sorry, not just Kami Jace. Kami Jace Gaming on Twitter. Um, and you can find the podcast on Twitter as well, uh, at WK cooldown, or you can visit the website, wkcooldown.com. All right. So I'm going to jump off here in a minute and then we can message, I guess, about, I'm going to be jumping on your show. Um, yeah. and so I guess I'll let my listeners know when that's going to happen. Um, yes, as far as uh, when it will air. But yeah, that'll be a good time. It'll be. Uh, I'm glad we did this back to back. So that'll be cool. Absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna jump off here, and then I'll just shoot you a message, and um, I'll talk to you later. And for my listeners, I'll see you guys next week. All right. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, thanks again to my guest Kami Jace for coming on and talking about video games with me. Um, if you've been liking the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, tell all your friends about us check us out on social media check out the website ittybittypodcast.com we also have our other show choice nugs only uh, which is another weekly show that i've been doing for a long time that one has a set um, co-host so we just kind of fuck around that one's a fun one 
So if you haven't, check that out as well. Um, and if not, you know, whatever. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.